Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Rotation. My name is Ashley, a.k.a. Midnight, and I am here as usual with Icon, but not as usual. Kingdom Soldier is missing. He needed the night off, so shout out, Kingdom. We're going to miss you, your hot takes, your incredible, long-winded, just breakdowns <laughs> of everything that's happening. We miss you, bud. We're hoping you're having a good night, and it's what a what an episode to miss because although we did just do an episode, you know, last Thursday and you know we're we're back on our Tuesday nights now, a lot has happened over the weekend. That I think it was the night that our podcast released, or was it the next day? I think it was the night that it released. Dallas, after I mean, mind you, on the last episode of the rotation, I was trying to just I'm trying to make some content here. So I was like, hey guys, like which one of the top three teams would make a team change? And everyone was like, no one. And then an hour or two later, Dallas benches Hook the Nuke and brings on fellow. I mean, fellow's a great, great guy, great player. He's in a hard spot right now. Um Wow, I mean, we have to talk about that first, right, Icon? What, like, what was your take? What was your reaction? I think everyone was like WTF, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think you kind of covered the intro there well. In that, when we asked that question last week, I was like, "There's just, there's no way," because we went through like Atlanta's roster, and you're not getting rid of any of those guys. We went person by person through Optics roster. You're not getting rid of any of those guys. We did the same thing for Dallas, and. If you were going to get rid of somebody on Dallas, I would have never guessed that it would have been Hook because through like the first stage and a half, the dude was like the league MVP. He was the best player in the CDL. You go through like after stage one and after the first tournament and stuff like that, he was far and away the best player in a ton of statistical categories. And then this comes out. So I don't know. I, I wish I had more to say. I do think that there's probably just some communication issues. And I know some of that has kind of come out over the last day or so in different articles that have been out on the internet, but it's definitely shocking. And then what a time for it to happen because literally as soon as it happened, the next match that they had to play was against Toronto, who's the hottest team in the league. And that match was a complete disaster as you would probably expect it to be. I saw something like this was, either the first or the second time that Dallas has been 3-0'd. So for them to release Hook and then they get 3-0'd in a fashion that they don't really get 3-0'd in, it just, it just wasn't a great weekend for them. And you kind of expected it just because, you know, you make a roster change, you need some time for the chemistry to build up and the team morale and the vibes and all that stuff. But hopefully it's something that they can figure out over the next stage or so because it feels like coming into this year you looked at Dallas and you just thought at least I said over and over again that I'm not leaving them I'm not moving them from number one in my power rankings until something happens like until they get beats until they don't show up in a major or until there are problems whatever whatever and now it just seems like they're slipping further and further down power rankings to at this point, like I don't even know where to put them. Like, do you put them ahead of Florida? Do you put them ahead of LA thieves? I mean, maybe, but they don't look great. It's just, even though they're so high in the standings, it just brings up a ton of different issues, but just back to the hook thing overall, I was, I was mind blown. I, I couldn't believe that it happened and we'll see what hook ended up doing from here and how Dallas ended up moving on from here. There's just a ton of questions out there. 
Yeah, I couldn't believe it either. You know, I saw I saw the the statement that the Dallas had released. Um, you know, at first I I saw just you know the the call you know the the tweet come out and it says Hook and in my head I was like, oh, there must be something personal going on with him. And, and I don't know, like I, maybe it's not worth bringing up. Maybe it is, but I pay attention to stuff. All right, on a CDL broadcast a few weeks ago, it looked like he may have been upset. Like he was looked very upset while they were warming up. He was wiping his eyes with his jersey before I forget which match it was. Um, it was a group match for stage two. And I was like, oh, man, like, I hope he's okay. Like, you know, I don't know what the circumstances are there, but, you know, maybe he has personal stuff going on. So that, like, my my brain in the first, like, half second that I saw Hook bench, I was like, oh, man, I hope he's okay. But then in their statement, they specifically note, you know, performance. And it's like we were talking about last week on the rotation, like, you know, Dallas's map count is insane. They're like, what are they? They're 43 and 34. They have, they have won the second most amount of maps, and they have lost the second amount of maps as well. Looking <laughs> yeah. at the stats here, so they've lost and won a lot of really close game five, like heartbreakers. And I get it. Like if you're Dallas and you're thinking second place isn't good enough, we want that one seed going into playoffs and champs. Like that's where we want to be, and we're one wild roster move from making that happen you know i could get where maybe that's coming from and there is so much guys i mean even like just obviously being in cod esports and working with and for organizations for as long as i have it's almost never like the surface level what you think there is always so much going on behind the scenes that i or you don't even know about so who knows what this situation really is <clears throat> but it was just weird because that what was it the day after the day that they bench took they had one versus, I forget, who'd they beat? LA Thieves? No. Who'd they play just recently and they won? Anyway, it was, it was a it was a predictable win and they got it. And so they're bouncing back a little bit after a, a tough uh, stage two for them. So they win with Hook. They drop him. They get 3-0'd by, I mean, yeah, a, a blazing hot Toronto. It's crazy. They're melting all the snow up there in Canada. And like, yeah. If you're, I just, I guess my main question is, because we're never going to be able to figure out, especially on this podcast, what and how and why, but now I wonder what happens. That's the most compelling thing to me. What happens to Hook? He's on the bench. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, Dallas Empire, they still have full rights to, to that. Like he's still a part of Dallas Empire. He's not like a free agent. Do they want to trade him and get value for him in some way? Do they want to keep him and just say, ah, it's maybe it's been a rough year for him and he'll be back? Or like, I'm just so interested in what is going to happen now with Hook. And I I don't know, if I was a Betty woman, which I would never bet on CDL, but if I was to, I would bet he'll be back in that lineup before the end of stage three. That's my inkling is that this will not go the way that they want and it, uh, I don't know, maybe not, maybe, hey, maybe I'll eat my words and it'll be amazing with Fellow, because Fellow's a great player, but is he Hook? Great. I don't know. So, Icon, what do you think? What happens with Hook now? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's all good and fair points. Uh, it just seems like over the last week or so, everything that's come out from Dallas, it really does seem like it's like, the end of the like the line for him playing for them like it, it seems like they're they're you know they're looking forward and they're trying to move on and stuff like that but it's interesting because you look up and down some of these rosters and i know 
like we talked a little bit before the show started, but if you could take Huke and plug him into a couple of the rosters around the league, all of a sudden, like there's a bunch of teams that become instant contenders. And for Dallas, I just think that this really hurts them. Like if you look at how they've performed over the season, one of the biggest storylines for me is how much like Shotzi and Illy have really underperformed this year. I mean, Shotzi, you have the league MVP from last year on your squad. And this year, like in hard points, a game mode that he's so good at with so much pace and puts so much pressure on the enemies He's got like a sub one KD. Illy has a sub one KD. Like they're just, they're not playing great. You look at how they're playing in search and destroy. Shotzi's got a 0.9 in S&D. Illy's got a 0.81 in S&D. Like these are two players that are known for how well they play in some of these game modes, especially search and destroy. And they're just not getting it done. Whereas on the other side of that, you look at like the numbers that Huke has been able to put up. He brought so much to that squad. It's not even close when it comes to like overall KD kills per 10 minutes, engagements per 10 minutes. If you look at all of those numbers for everybody on Dallas, he is far and above their most productive, their best, their most aggressive. Like he did everything for them. So to try to replace a player like that, I'm just not quite sure how Dallas goes about it. I think with the improvements that we've started to see from teams like Seattle and teams like Minnesota, what Minnesota has been doing over the last month and LA thieves, they made the roster move that kind of blew everybody's mind first by letting go of slasher. (laughs) And then Draza comes in and Kenny's playing fantastic. And now they're on a little bit of a roll and it seems like their vibes are super high. And it just seems like, and that overall, I mean, that's what happens in this league, right? It's, it, it can go. If you look back two weeks, and how everything, like what the overall meta was and, and where teams were at and the vibes for LADs. I put out a power rankings video, like, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 days ago, something like that. And in that one, I had LA Thieves at like seven or eight or somewhere in there. And I got dogged. People were like, you need to put LA Thieves at 11 or 12. Like they're just, they're just an organization that's just free falling. And then now you take a look at them and they're starting to win matches and now they're up to sixth in the standings and the vibes are high and Kenny's playing unbelievable at main AR when we were thinking you just took your best player and just changed his role. And now who knows what's going to happen there. And it's just kind of worked out. So you see all the changes that are happening with a bunch of these squads and how they're starting to catch fire. And you take a step back and you look at Dallas and it's almost the exact opposite of that. Like, where do you find confidence if you're a Dallas fan? Like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I look at Shotzi's not playing well. Illy's not playing well. Crim6 is playing decent. I, I, I would venture to say that he's a top six man AR this year. But when you get rid of your best player, I just, I don't know. Hopefully fellow can come along and really provide what that squad needs. But I just don't see it. So looking ahead, I just think that if you're hook, I mean, I, I think I even saw like, like before this year started, he was talking about just leaving and trying to play Valorant and just giving up his spot and letting Clay and Krim and everybody else still be there. Uh, does he go towards a different game? Or like we mentioned before, you put him on Seattle look out like they're all of a sudden like they're going to be competitive against the New Yorks and the LA thieves and the Minnesotas and the LAGs and squads like that. They might even be competitive. I mean, we've seen them play teams like Toronto super close. So all of a sudden they're a contender. 
We did say, I don't think that this will ever happen, but if he went over towards like optic or something, now you have a potential best squad in the game. And it's, it's, it, that would be a scary squad if, if he got on optic somehow. So just thinking about what he'll do and where Dallas is heading. I mean, think about the roller coaster that Dallas has been on over the last year. They go from winning champs to having the, just this super scary squad. And then Clay gets released and then now Hugh gets released and then they're getting three owed by teams like Toronto. It's, I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a bazillion talking points, but it's interesting to see what's going to happen with both of those parties moving forward. Yeah, it's definitely been really interesting to watch it all unfold. And I'll just, I'm really excited to kind of see what happens next. I mean, even like, I know that KD and stats and engagements or whatever, like that doesn't tell the full story. Like, yes, if you have the slaying power, like you still need to make sure those eliminations are happening in the right places at the right time, because these are objective game modes. Um, but even still, by taking that into account, listen, I'm not a coach. I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. But I'm just saying he applied a ton of pressure on the map and it looked like he was sorely missed in such a short turnaround as well from dropping him after a win. So they, I don't, I guess, yeah, the, the more I'm thinking about it, there must be something deeper than what we all know, whether it's his interest in going to another title, team chemistry issues, who knows what it is. Um, but Sheesh, I did, this was not a, like, oh man, we got to start having like crazy prop bets at the beginning of the year. And so I'll just start throwing darts out there and see what lands. Cause you never know. Some of the craziest stuff happens in the Call of Duty League. So yeah, I'll be excited to see what happens with Hook. Do they leverage him, you know, to another franchise for, I don't know how trading works exactly. If it's, you get compensation or if it's an even like player to player thing. I don't really know. I don't know anything about that. It's not my job, <laughs> but I'll be right. interested to see what happens with him and where he ends up next. Or if he ends up, like I said, I mean, if I was going to say, Hey, by the end of stage three, will Hook be back playing for Dallas? I don't think probably. Yeah. I don't know. Unless there's just something we don't know about. And there's just really, they're not getting along. Things aren't going well. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. I'm sure like Dallas is more than qualified you know their coaching staff's insane crim's great leader uh you know they're they have so much talent on their roster and fellow is really talented like he's a plug-and-play player so uh, they could be good but i don't know if they will be hook the nuke on dallas good we'll see so yep. some impressive debuts this last weekend hydra debuted with new york subliners they were the ones who 3 0 Dallas, right? Um, I am terrible. I actually did not watch that match. Um, but I did see a couple of the highlights. Uh, I was I was catching the tactical rab bits about it, which was cool. Uh, and then we also had Cheen making his debut on LAG. Shout out Big Cheen, literally one of the <laughs> best people in CDL. I don't know a single person who doesn't like this guy. He's just good vibes. Love his stream, love his tweets, his Twitter. He's just great. Shout out Cheen. He had an impressive KD at 1.36 in uh just overall. His control was 1.30. His search and destroy was 2.5 and hardpoint 1.21. Very impressive stuff. I mean, I know they're going up against a Paris team that they've been on the ropes, right? They've been on a downward trend and they can't, they are, they are definitely free falling and, and having a hard time. But I still thought this was impressive. It was a 3-0 and, and Cheen really came in and, you know, kind of acted like he'd been there the whole time. So what did you make of Chino's like, uh, you know, debut with the starting lineup of the Gorillas? 
Yeah, I can agree with that. I was I was pretty shocked. Now, the other part of that is that Paris did also make a roster move pretty recently by bringing in Temp. So who kind of knows what's going on there also. I will say that there are a couple players in that matchup that just did not play great at all. Aqua struggled, Classic struggled. So there were a few that just didn't play great for Paris. But one of the biggest things that I was kind of surprised by is I thought that LAG would really kind of be hindered by moving Silly's role and making him an SMG. And he didn't play amazing. It's not like he came out and dropped like a 1.5 or something, but he didn't struggle either. And I think if he doesn't struggle and Assault was absolutely going off and Chino went off and I just thought that by playing an AR basically the entire year, kind of like that second AR and then moving to an SMG, I thought that was probably where he would struggle and where that team would lose a little bit of ground against a team like Paris. And they just didn't. So I'm I'm happy for them overall. A lot of these really weren't close. The control did go to round five, but like the hard point was basically a blowout. It was a hundred point win. Search and destroy was six two mat or six two round count. So yeah, I mean, good for them. I do think as it moves on, the road might get a little bit tougher. I mean, if you look at that group A, just kind of from start to finish they beat a squad that many would consider to be like them and Paris, like probably the bottom two in that group. So it'll be interesting to see coming up this weekend. They play Friday against Toronto. They play Saturday against Dallas. So it's all great. You have that honeymoon period where you come out and you do what you're supposed to do against Paris. But now we're going to put Toronto and Dallas in front of you and let's see how you do there. So that's kind of like a different takeaway from there. But the one that was super impressive, and I would have never expected this to happen, is we did mention, you mentioned Hydra right at kind of the beginning there. Hydra came out and New York beat Atlanta. And I don't think I would have ever predicted that ever. I just... Wait, they beat Atlanta? Not Dallas? I'm so messed up. I haven't been able to follow the matches as close. God dang it. They beat Atlanta and not Dallas? Yeah, they beat Atlanta. It was Toronto that 3 0 Dallas. Toronto. Okay, sorry. My, my brain's all crossed. Dude, that... <laughs> yeah, that is nutty. Yeah, it's insane. You know and Clay, like, was on literal fire. Oh, he was on fire, and he was, like, absolutely just geeking out, too. And the crazy thing is, even though this was a 3-2 and it, end up, it did end up going to map 5, round 11, if you look at, like, the overall stats just from that match, Atlanta was basically carried by Simp. Like, Arcides didn't play well. Abizi didn't play well. Selium didn't play well. Like, nobody really played super well from Atlanta. They just had enough from Simp. Like, for example, in that entire series, Simp had 104 kills. The next closest, Abizi had 90, and then Arcides was at 74, Selium was at 72. So Simp was getting 30 more kills across those five maps than some of his like his main AR and his flex player. So he really did like he almost just willed them to a victory in that match. But Hydra played really well. I mean, he was the best SMG in that match, and that's one where if you come out and and you beat a squad very similar to what Standy did in his debut against Optic, right? He came out, they played phenomenal, got a quick 3-0 over Optic, and then I think 
that kind of gave them the momentum that gave Rockford the momentum and what they needed going into the latter half of stage two and essentially got to them, you know, winning the, the their group that they were in and then the placings in the major. But just looking at this, I, I think they got the hardest match out of the way. Sure. They still have to play optic in that group, but just Hydra making that debut, doing what he did against the likes of Simp and Abizi. We'll see what happens moving forward. But the other part of that also is that Clay played really well because the last time that we saw New York in the stage two major, Clay was off. And I know that he came out and he tweeted a little bit after that, that he just, you know, whether it was his headspace or how much he's been grinding the game or whatever the case may be, he did kind of just bring to the table the fact that things probably weren't where he wanted them to be overall. And I I think him rebounding and being the best player overall in that matchup and you saw the fire and you saw kind of all those intangibles that he brings to the table. I just think that they could all of a sudden be a squad that's pretty scary again. I mean, their group is tough. They do have to play, you know, Optic and LA Thieves, and their their group is not easy. We did say when these groups came out, that is not the one that we would want to be in, but you already got a win over Atlanta, and now all of a sudden I think if you're also in that group, you probably don't want to see New York with how they've played as of late. Yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, we say it every week, but the freaking just the, the the amount of parody in the league right now, who can beat who on any given day, all these roster changes kind of happening. It's it's not the same as back in the day, right? Like you'd have an event or two. And then after there's like this weird two or three week period, there's a lot of roster movement going on. Whereas this is more I mean, it needs to be more deliberate and, um, you know, kind of depends on performance and yeah i mean i i drive this this point home all the time but this is the first year in call of duty league history and i mean call of duty esports as a whole not even just the the cdl in the last two years but like not everyone will make champs not everyone that you think will anyway you know but there was always like the top 32 teams in the world would make it or the top 16 from america would make it and that's you know that's more than our league right now um and so now it's everything's been slimmed down and the top eight of the best of the best make it to champs and that has just made for excellent entertainment i mean i feel for these players getting moved around or benched because it's it's a competitive you know sport really but it's it's just been really awesome to see just how this has gone down i'm really excited Oh my gosh. Speaking of roster moves, one more before we kind of move on to the <laughs> stage two, week two predictions. There's a week three. Dude, I'm so lost in the sauce lately. <laughs> this is week, the second week. week. Oh, this is going to be nutty. This is the current standings. Now, looking at this, we were just talking about Hook a little bit ago. Do you think the surge make a change, whether it's for Hook or anybody else? Like they. I've been telling y'all for weeks and you have, you guys have been too. Like we're predicting them to win. We're like, yeah, dude, like they're looking so good. They're like one little just tipping point away or one good rotation or one gunfight went away from winning these big series against these really talented teams. They are now four and 11 with 50 points in almost the middle of stage three. What are you doing? If you're, if you're, let's pretend icon is the GM for Seattle surge. I'm not sure who the GM is. So no disrespect to that person, but Icon, 
What are you doing with Sarge? You making a change? You keeping Looney? You get rid of him? Who else you moving? What are you doing? You calling Dallas? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think if I'm a GM for Seattle, I just take the house and I just send it over to Dallas and do whatever I can do to get hook. Because if you do that, I mean, they're scary. You, if you're just looking on the surface, you might see that matchup that they just had in week one against Optic Chicago and think, all right, they got three owed and they're not really where that you expect them to be. But the first map hard point was 250 to 240. And the only reason why they won that is because Envoy and Dashy absolutely clutched up as it rotated over towards P4 and, and Optic was able to come from behind and basically win that map one. And then you go into the search and destroy. It was 6-4. A lot of those rounds, many of those rounds could have gone either way. Now, the control, the map three was a little bit more decisive. But in that matchup, if you just kind of look across the board as a whole, Octane went off and Gunless was absolutely frying. Like Gunless has been playing out of his mind this year, but because they haven't really been been getting the victories that you kind of expect them to get, it's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. But Octane and Gunless were unbelievable. They were just Numbers-wise, Octane had a 1.12, Gunless a 1.19, and that was right on par with what Formal and Envoy and some of the dudes from Optic were doing. But again, where they struggled, Looney put up a 0.68, and it just seems like time and time again, we've kind of been putting forth that same narrative that, sure, their AR and Flex are tremendous. Are they going to get the production that they need from their sub-duo and over the last stage, you've started to see that Pristini is getting better and better. And you take his numbers from stage one, you take his numbers from stage two, and it just looks like a totally different player. So now you're getting the production you need from your AR, from your flex, and from one of your SMGs just seems like they just had one more player there. Like if you plug in a Hugh, I think that they probably make the winner's bracket in that group B. Or, and it doesn't even have to be somebody like you. If you just put in an SMG Slayer, like like how many people had Standy on their radar? And all of a sudden, he gets plugged into Minnesota. He, you partner him next to Attach, and now they make all the difference. And Minnesota's a, squ a scary squad, and they win their group in Stage 2. And you think here in Group A, you think even though they suffered a, you know, a Week 1 loss to Florida, you still think that they're going to be one of the top squads in that group. And it just seems like you, know, you, you, you really can't go about it the same way that you did last year. I think a lot of these teams, think about how many teams have made roster moves already. A lot of these teams learn from last year that we have to make a move. If things aren't working, we can't just kind of just set back and rest on our laurels and hopefully it comes around and maybe we'll get better over time. They're saying, no, there's a ton of talent out there. Let's go ahead and let's bring in a Standy. Let's bring in a Venom. Let's bring in a Paul X and a Zaptius. And these guys that are out there winning AM events week after week after week, let's give them a shot and see what happens. And for the vast majority of those teams that have done that, it's paid off for them. So if if you're Seattle, I, I, I think maybe this stage is like a last-ditch effort here to see if maybe the squad can get it going. But if not, I think you have to bring in another SMG, just a young gun, and, and see how that, that, that kind of just changes the team chemistry overall. Because if they get it, 
I think now there's going to be another team in this league that you have to watch out for. Like it's clearly happened with Florida and it's happened with Minnesota. And now LA thieves look dangerous and New York looks dangerous. And all these squads that were like shuffling to be in the middle of the pack are starting to kind of look insane. So you add Seattle to that mix by making a roster move. It just, it adds to it just a little bit more. So if I was them, I'd probably try to find another SMG to pair beside Pristini, but we'll see what happens. Who knows? Yeah, maybe they'll they'll try to stick it out. I mean, one of the one of the things you said towards the end there was, you know, they're they're getting to that point, or you know, they maybe they'll see how this stage three goes, and then they'll make a change. I thought they needed to do that last stage. Like, yeah, yeah Pristini started to look better. And maybe they thought that, you know, if if the other members of the team could improve as incrementally well as a Prestini did, you know, they would be able to to surpass. But it's clear to me that they've kind of hit their ceiling. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll stick with Looney and there will be some sort of just major, I, who knows, you know, the meta could change next week and all of a sudden Seattle's nasty. You really never know what's going to happen. And he, Looney's a very adaptable player. Looney's a great player. But just if you look at the performances of the Seattle Surge as a whole and just how dang close they've been to beating some of the best teams in the league, but still time after time, control after control, just L's. I don't know how they haven't made a change yet. And to the point of, yeah, you see all these other teams like snatching up this talent. Hey, guys. The talent's getting snatched up. Like, yep. you got to figure out what you want to do, really. So I'm surprised that they haven't yet. However, I am I love when a team sticks together through the hard stuff, though, and comes out on top. We've seen that happen in Call of Duty many times before. But this year, the, the flavor of the month is, hey, pick up a nasty rookie and see how he fits. Sometimes it doesn't work your way, but sometimes it really does. Shout out to Rocker. Shout out to Stain. Holy cow. <laughs> insane, insane rookie performance. So, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Surge does next. I do, they're like becoming one of my favorite teams in the league to watch just because it, I do want them to win. Now, there's so much the underdog at this point, and they are so close to winning every time. And it's like they just, they need to tip that skill a little bit. So, I don't know. Maybe they can improve or maybe. They should put me in coach. I don't know. I'll, I'll tear it up. Bobby, <laughs> you should go. see me with the MSMC back in the day. <laughs> Yo, Shannon, this is a surprise. Hold on. Let's go. <laughs> did you know about this icon? I did not. I had no Shannon, idea. Shannon, the producer. Shout out, Shannon. Dude, okay. <laughs> for the audio listeners, Shannon has put a YouTube comment on the screen from Daniel Peel. says, would Prasini and Hook be a good SMG duo? Sheesh. I mean, yeah. I mean, who can me would be a good SMG duo? Uh, <laughs> what do you what do you think, Icon? Would would who can? No, nah, I'm just kidding. All respect to Prestini, but yeah, they would be nasty. Like, imagine if they just had yeah, if Seattle had that little bit more slaying power, you know, could Prestini and Hook help take that team to the next level? Yeah, I I I, I like kind of the second part of her question there where she said, do they complement each other? And that can be a thing, right? If you put together, for example, if you took like an Abizi and a Pristini, they are very much so just ultra uber aggressive. I mean, they basically just do the same thing. And there's a lot of those route men around the league. Like that's what Envoy does. That's what Shotzi does, even though he's not doing it super well this year. But Pristini and Huke, Pristini is that, super aggressive entry man that route man that's always you know just 
up in people's grills where you don't expect him to be. And that's where he puts a ton of that pressure very much. So like what Standy's brought to the table and Huke is just a flat out slayer SMG. Huke and simp are very much so like almost the same person. I think that simp's probably a little bit more talented when it comes to being versatile like when it comes to using an AR or sniping an SND, if we ever get that back, because I hope at some point we finally do. Lord, please, man. Yes, please. It, it just makes the game, especially Search and Destroy, so much more interesting to watch. But when you have a slaying SMG, just a flat out slayer running around the map with an AK-74U, <clears throat> and then you put him next to... Pristini, I, I think that would be just an unbelievable compliment in the same way that I know I, I we both kind of said that we would never see this happening, even though we said the same thing about Hugh, but in the same way that if like Scump ever moved to like a GM role of Optic or something like that, and you put Hugh and Envoy together, sheesh. Ooh, I mean, my Lord. I mean, that could easily, if, if that was to happen, and Scump's been playing great. This is nothing about Scump. He's been having a great year. He, he really has been. If you look at like SMG stats, like kills per 10 minutes and how many engagements he's getting in around the map, like Scump's been playing really well. But Hugh's like the best player in the league. So that's kind of the only reason why we kind of say that or why I kind of said that. But if you put them together, all of a sudden that I mean, that optic roster is already like a top three, a top three roster. But you put that squad together. Now you've got like, OK, is, is this the best team in the game? Do they rival phase? Are they better than phase? Like kind of what's going on there? And then, of course, Toronto's there and Toronto's making it. It's just there's so many good teams all over the place. Like it's just there's so many storylines in the CDL, but to answer the question, yeah, they would be a tremendous duo overall and they would complement each other just perfectly. Yeah, that would be scary. And I mean, you, you made a great point. Like last week we were talking, so would any of the top three teams make a change? No, no, no way. Dallas does. <laughs> and what I, I, first of all, you're right. Scump has been playing amazingly this season and he is my call of duty goat, right? Like shout out Crimsick, shout out, all those chips, shout out all the chips in the world for all those the, the amazing players that have them. But Scump has been the most consistently good Call of Duty player for the last, oh, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> no BS. I'm not exaggerating. He is always on form. When he has rough times, rough moments, he bounces back. And I would say overall, his performance has been incredible. Didn't always translate to championships. He only became right. a part of one dynasty. Crim6 was a part of two dynasties, but I digress. So yeah, but, and I don't see Scump retiring mid-season, even if it is to become a GM. But hook on Optic would be nuts, and it would fulfill the prophecy of us being completely wrong about the top three <laughs> uh, teams in the league not making a change. Um, so let's take a look at week two of stage three here. Let's start off with who Minnesota Rocker is playing and when. You guys, Icon and I will be back on Friday, April 30th at 3.30 Central Time to watch the matches with you guys. The co-stream will be live here on the Rocker YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify or wherever, come to the Rocker YouTube, hit subscribe. We got great content over here. Like I said, I'm biased because I'm a director of content, but hey, we're doing the thing. Come watch the match with us and Icon and I will be breaking down the action in between the maps. So that's on Friday, 3.30 Central. The stream will be live here. We will be playing Paris on Friday. And then on Sunday, April 2nd, also at 3.30 Central, we will be playing the 
lightning rod, fire hot, crazy <laughs> squirrel gang, Toronto Ultra, the Battle, Battle of the North. I want to, I should look, I should really actually know this, but I wonder what the record for the Battle of the North is. And honestly, I'm starting to become kind of salty, right? Like they're our rival. They've won two events. And they're we shredding even, right now. Yeah, and they're shredding right now. Like, we have not won a... <laughs> like, man, and if you guys don't know how the, how the stages work, so, right, you have these group matches. So Toronto's in our group. These are the group matches that are happening uh, through April. And then at the end of April, there will be a major tournament that is, like, a tournament format where there's, like, best of two elimination uh, or whatever. Yeah, not best of two, but like upper bracket, lower bracket, you got one chance. If you're in the bottom three of your group, you cannot lose in the major. If you're in the top three of your group, you can afford to lose one match at the major. So what we're fighting for right now is top three in the group. And things did not start off well. Rocker takes the L versus Florida Mutineers last weekend. We won't talk about it. Maybe it'll just be better this weekend. Let's see. Maybe the guys will come correct versus Paris. We'll see. But let's take a look at some of these other matches here, man. You want to do some predictions? I wonder, we'll, we'll have to get Kingdom's predictions offline for our prediction tracker. I am doing a terrible job at trying to catch up to you guys. I almost, in order to win, have to just not say whatever you guys say, or I just need to nail my map picks. So Just don't pick Seattle against Optic again. You know I will. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. All right, so let's start with Thursday tomorrow. Wait, no, today's Tuesday. Sorry, guys, I'm all over the place. There's a lot Same. going on. New York Subliners versus London Royal Ravens. Sheesh, man, I feel bad for the Ravens at this point. I kind of want them to win just to, like, I, things cannot feel good right now if you're in the London camp. You might... I mean, do you start to get discouraged to a point where you're like, ah, oh, the year's chalked, like we can't even make playoffs? Or like, what would London have to do to even make playoffs? They would have to win an event. A lot. Maybe, they would need to maybe show, a show the total standings if you can, Shannon. London has 30 points, I believe. And yes, they have yeah. 30. Jeez. Well, I guess they're not that far out of the top eight. They're, you know, they're 50 points behind top eight. So they're not like, yeah, they haven't chalked the year. They definitely haven't chalked the year. Like things could go better for them. But will they start going better to uh, on Thursday versus subliners? I don't know. Uh, I'll let you go first so I can predict opposite of you. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll let you go first for this and we'll go back and forth <laughs> as, as we're predicting. Yeah, I, t I take a peek at this one. I think it's the story of kind of two different franchises here. I think New York is on the up and up. I think they added Hydra. They just got a win over Atlanta. I think, oh boy, they're kind of on that roller coaster ride again where we kind of didn't expect much out of New York. Then they showed up with Diamond Con, who is no longer on their roster, but they, you know, they made their moves and they, they started to make a run during that first and second stage made a roster move and you think, all right, now they're going to kind of fall behind a little bit. And then they come out and beat Atlanta. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, I guess, I guess they're here to stay and their roster is nasty again. With that said, I do think London is getting better. I think the addition of Paul X and Zaptius, who were longtime teammates, won the first two challengers cups together as they were playing on Wester. I think that it helps them. I think, a big part of that is that hopefully they'll be able to take a little bit of pressure off of Shawnee because I think Shawnee is still their best player, but he hasn't been putting up the type of numbers you want to see him put up just because, I mean, they were just getting wiped. They were just getting obliterated off the map 
But I look at this one. I do think it'll be a 3-0. I think that London will probably be competitive in those. But right now, I mean, Clay looks disgusting. Hydra had an incredible debut. I just think that they're going to be too much in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to disagree there. London, they, you know, when Paul X came on, and now they've they've taken Dylan out of the lineup. Which, I mean, if you would have told me a year ago that was happening, I'd be like, "You're crazy. That would never happen." <laughs> And I guess the you're crazy that would never happen is just the theme for CDL this year. So, yep. I mean, crazier things have happened. We we've seen upsets, but I don't think we're gonna see one here. We see a, a nice a nice and new fresh looking New York, who's already kind of had some some ups and downs this season. But I think they'll stay on the up here. I'm gonna go with Subliners three one over London, and that is because I'm trying to get some <laughs> extra points. Uh, but no, here I'll I'll predict well. This isn't really fair to predict first. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's so the whatever. Next, the next match is Atlanta Phase on Thursday versus Los Angeles Thieves. The Phase, the Thieves. Gosh. I mean, Thieves have been looking good, right? They've they've got a vibe. You know, the, uh, main AR Kenny, I'm surprised. I don't know why I doubted it. He's an amazing player. I just felt like positioning is so key for a main AR, but maybe you just can be a uh, an aggressive AR and really kind of get away with it and help your team set the pace. He's such a good player that I, he truly, we've now seen him do literally everything in competitive call of duty. So shout out to Kenny. But with that being said, phase is coming off of a, a heartbreaker L three, two round 11 loss to New York subliners. And they got upset at the last major. I can only imagine what uh, what kind of things they're doing, what they're practicing, and kind of what the 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 preparation is like. So I think Phase is going to come out hot here. I don't know if it'll be three zero three one. I dude, I'll just I'll just say I think Phase will come out with the hot hot heat. LA Thieves looks pretty streaky, and I think Phase will three zero the Thieves. Where are you at, Icon? Sheesh. Yeah, I mean, you hit a lot of the major talking points with Atlanta. And I mean, they've got to be just furious, just nose to the monitors, just absolutely grinding. <laughs> it's interesting with LA Thieves because you kind of look at their trajectory over the last stage and they went from losing to London, 3-0'd by FaZe, 3-0'd by Gorillas, And then they make the roster move and, and get rid of Slasher, which nobody thought would happen. And you think, oh boy, uh, we'll see what happens with them. And they come out in that major and they get a win over Paris. They get a win over London. They get a win over New York. And in this stage, they've beat Seattle already and they've beat London. And they're like, they're taking care of business and they look like a team that you probably don't want to play right now. So they're one of those middle squads that's kind of making moves and playing much better. But if I look at this, I do think Atlanta is going to be just super motivated in this one. I think with what we've seen from simp and I, I got to say, like just looking at stats overall, like I'm kind of surprised to see that our hasn't been playing better this year. And I, I think it might be just a lot of the fact that you have so much happening in front of you and a BZ plays so fast and you have such talented players that Obviously, not everybody can score, right? If you're thinking about like having superstars in basketball, like, like not everybody's going to put up just insane numbers. But I, I, I didn't expect him to have like a negative KD and hard point for the year and stuff like that. But I, I do think Atlanta ends up winning this one. I'll go three one. I think LA Thieves probably takes a map. I think a 
couple of these maps will probably be pretty close. I mean, LATs looks really good, but ultimately, I think Atlanta's too much. 3-1. Whew, it's going to be spicy. And, I mean, yeah, you mentioned, like, our cities, he's, well, he's definitely not just kind of there. He's definitely still impactful. Even, like, when you hear some of the listen-ins and how he communicates with those guys, For I sure. think it's pretty clear that, that our cities is the leader of the team. So, yeah, I think if... I think he plays really well and he's he's the leader there. But yeah, it is a little weird to see that kind of statistical anomaly from him because we're just so used to just... I mean, Arsides is Arsides. He's insane. He's so insanely talented. Yep. All right, matches for Friday. Toronto Ultra versus The Lag. The Lag. LA Gorillas. <laughs> what a name for a Call I know. Team. It stinks. I love it. Uh, shout out Silly. Shout out Assault. Shout out... <laughs> Shout out their whole family. Um, so, yeah, Toronto Ultra versus LAG. I mean, we've seen LAG upset phase. That was before they had Cheen. And Ultra's really streaky, right? Or not. I shouldn't even say streaky. They're hot. Red hot. Lightning hot. Yeah, they're frying. Do you think that they're going to fry LAG? What's your prediction? Yes. I think Toronto comes out and wins this one. I won't say easily. I think, again... LAG did have a great matchup in there, you know, that first matchup against Paris, but it was Paris. And now you're playing the hottest team in the league with the best AR in the league with, you know, just a super fast entry man with Kleenex that's been playing phenomenal. Had a big part to do with why they won that stage two major. So I, I think that LAG looks better, but Toronto is just on an entire different level. Toronto just got that three over that three Oh over Dallas and Bance didn't even play well. So if Bance plays well now look out because we've seen how dominant they can be. I'm going to go three, one. I wouldn't put past LAG to like win a search, even though Toronto's really good in search, but I'll give them a map. I'll go three, one here for Toronto. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I was going to say, like, maybe LAG could take this to map five and make it interesting. They've got a knack for making these matches interesting, but Toronto's search and destroy has just looked so dang good. But with that, I mean, it's we've seen this now with a couple of differently. You had FaZe, you had us, Rocker, right? You had Toronto's now the search and destroy kings, right? It seems like whenever you like heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? Your strats get out, your how you play together kind of gets absorbed. Other teams start matching it or understanding it a little better. So I'm wondering if their their search and destroy prowess will continue here. And LAG, I think, is a there they could be a really strong search team and a, just a, a stronger team in general. So my heart says, dude, I want to see a game five because it'd be entertaining. But I think I'll go uh, Toronto Ultra 3-1. Maybe LAG will take a control or whatever. Do I get extra, extra points for guessing the map that they lose? I don't know. <laughs> sure, I'm just we'll give get, it to you. I'm just trying to get points out here, boys. I, I missed some <laughs> predictions uh, for a couple of the weeks. That's Yeah, that's the excuse. We'll go with that. Um, <laughs> no, really, though, that's what happened. <laughs> so the next match on Friday, Minnesota Rocker versus Paris Legion. Woo! Hype. Got to come out hotter than we did versus Florida. That is for dang sure. You saw, I think it was Attach, or no, maybe it was Brian Saint, actually, um, who came out in the post-match interview after the Florida match last week and said, you know, that's that's not us. Like, we're, we're, we're going to fix this, basically. It seemed like the guys came out flat, which I hate that excuse for Call of Duty. Like, came out flat. Like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully they come out. What's the opposite of flat? Hyped. 
height, height, mountain tops. Let's go. Yeah, Let's go the the highest terrain possible, man. Let's go, Minnesota. Let's go. Yeah. So hopefully they come out hyped, uh, especially versus Paris. They gotta feel at least a little bit better going into this match. And you look at Paris and the other, you know, folks or the uh, folks, the other teams that you have in this group. Let me just double check before I say the wrong thing. We're in the group. Rockers in the group with Ultra Gorillas, Empire Mutineers, and Paris. We're kind of in that similar situation we were in last stage, right? You're looking at that Paris and Florida matches, your first two matches. is like, okay, if we want to get top three in the group, we got to come out swinging and make sure we beat the teams we're supposed to beat. Last week, they did not beat the teams they were supposed to beat. And now, yeah, you're looking at this and you're like, man, why do they make their graphics white? But also, <laughs> you're looking at it thinking, okay, like looking at the standings here, like we got to start chipping away at this thing. So... I'm not going to say this Paris match is a must win because we have seen what happens when Rocker goes down 0-2 in the group. They figured it out and ended up getting the first seed. But I do think for their momentum's sake and just the good vibes, they got to come out huge, not flat. Minnesota Rocker, wear that helmet, baby. Put that helmet on. Go hard. I'm going to say Rocker. I say 3-0, man. I don't know. Sorry, Paris. Not to put disrespect on you, but... I think the boys will come out hot. If they came out flat last match, maybe they'll come out spicy. I don't know. What's, <laughs> what is the opposite of flat? And Sorry. Okay, yeah, so 3-0 rocker. I'm a homer. I'm obviously going to always predict them to win. But, but Icon, what are you thinking? Can Paris take rocker, or is rocker going to bounce back in a big way? I don't think so. I do think the last match against Florida, I think it was the first time that we've seen an attach that hasn't been – just unbelievable so far. I mean, he, he really did struggle the first two maps. He got it back together during the control, and Priesta was absolutely dominant in that control. But it was just a little bit too late. The hard point, by the time they got to the map for hard point on Garrison, Kleenex was just feeling himself and making plays just all over the place. So I I, I get what they're saying when you, you really can't come out and be flat and let somebody like Kleenex or basically anybody on that Toronto, Toronto, oh, not Toronto, <laughs> Florida, but especially when you look at that main AR, because in that, that co-stream that we did, the matchup there with Florida was between the main AR and the flex. That was what I was really looking at. And skies went off and awakening went off. They both had like a 1.25 KD. Like they were absolutely shredding and Priesta played really well. Like he had a 1.1 essentially over the course of that series. And that was far higher than everybody else. Like it's tough to put up a 1.1 when the rest of your squad really isn't playing all that great. So Priesta played super well in that matchup. And I think that was great to see, but it just wasn't enough when Attach came out flat and Standy really didn't have one of his best series. But you can say the same exact thing for Paris. And Paris is also going through the roster change and they haven't looked great as of late. So I, I'm my guess would be that hopefully that first matchup against Florida was an anomaly. And when it comes to this one, I, I'm going to go the same thing. I think that this should be a 3-0 as long as Minnesota comes out and just plays their game and they dictate the pace of each of the maps and modes that they're in. I think it'll be a 3-0 in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Cheers to that. I'm hoping so. It, it is kind of crazy to, to think that you're looking at the Florida match and like, oh, the AR battle, the flex battle. 
when really it ended up being our sub players that struggled, uh, you know, I guess shout out, shout out Havoc, making a difference right away. So yeah. looking, do you, do you think ARs get overlooked is a question from Hawkstar8819. I don't know. I'm not sure that ARs get overlooked. I don't know. That's actually a really good question. I don't think so. I think you need a good main AR on your team and a good flex player who can run AR or sub, you know, whatever whatever the situation calls for. Um, they are so pivotal for map control. And once you have map control, maintaining that, um, it's maybe because the sub players are so flashy, they're getting in there, they're jumping in the hard points and just going off. And it's very impressive to watch that. But I really do feel like the main ARs can dictate the pace of a game, which we, I mean, looking at Skies and Big Wake on Florida yeah. last week in the Rocker match, like, whew, can't overlook those guys. What do you think, Icon? Yeah, I, I don't think that they get credit for making like the sexy, flashy plays. Right. They're not entering a hard point and getting a two piece or a three piece and then turning around and pushing out the pace. And unless it's search and destroy and, and it's, you know, envoy pushes and then you throw a nade and then attaches Pinsy from Eskies <laughs> and then you come around the corner and get all three of them. Yeah. You can't overlook the AR right there. But no, I, yeah, they aren't getting the flashiest plays. That is rare. That's actually more impressive that it was Lamar, the main AR, that got that. Right. I mean, I don't think you're going to see a ton of main AR plays like being featured on like the COD League Twitter or anything like that. It's normally like the Shotzi plays or the Abizi plays or Simp going off or Standy or somebody like that. But I think if you're building out a squad, they are unbelievably important. Like you're not mm -hmm. going to see them in the headlines, but in a game like this that plays really true to just competitive COD as a whole, like you need a dominant AR that's going to rotate and win that gun battle and set up spawns for your squad. And if you're not doing that consistently, maps in this league can get out of hand super quick. So I, I just think like on social media and overall, they probably don't get the love that they deserve. But if you're starting a squad, like that's got to be one of the first places you look because you need somebody like that. Like in Arcides, again, his stats aren't phenomenal this year, but just the in-game leadership and the play calls and the adjustments that he makes and the hype that he brings along with being one of the most skilled, like it's just, you need that person to kind of be like your in-game coach and that's what they bring. So, yeah, I think maybe like if you're, I think ARs tend to pull a little bit of better statistics because they're not like having to throw their bodies on, on the hills at, at all times, but you know, with throwing your body, you can get some of those crazy highlight plays. So I think it's a great point that, yeah, you see a lot of the highlight plays are usually the submachine gun or flex folks, um, but the main ARs are a pivotal, pivotal role. So I would never overlook them, but maybe generally people do, right? They're like, oh yeah, main AR, you just f fit in whoever. But I mean, look at Insight, right? Like I yep. thought Methods was playing really well on Toronto at the beginning of the year. And I, I do still think like Methods is a great player, but Insight has proved to be the difference maker for that team. Now, is it because of his role or because of, you know, however they communicate and work together as a team? Who knows? But he's been pivotal uh, for them, which has been really awesome. So thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Shannon, for, for popping that up. Let's take a look at Saturday. My God, these might be quick predictions here. Uh, Atlanta Faze going up against the London Royal Ravens. I feel bad. <laughs> I'm gonna, let me restart that. <laughs> Atlanta Faze going up against the London Royal Ravens. I think it's very probable that Faze 3-0s them and 
goes out to lunch after. I don't know. I think it'll be business as usual for FaZe. I want London to be better than they are. I want to see them improve. I'm I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, man, like underdogs, like I want to do a crazy chant in the crowd for the for London and get mm -hmm. hyped like the like the UK folks do, but they just don't have any wind in their sails, and I do hope that they can get it back. But with that said, I do think FaZe will make light work of this 3-0 for FaZe. What do you think, Icon? Can London pull a map? Can they pull a win? What What do you think? Uh, nope. <laughs> I think this is also <laughs> going to be a hot 3-0. I, I, I want to, like, I'm excited to see London play some of the squads that are, like, lower in that group. Like, I want to see them in a matchup against Seattle or somebody, like, in that realm just to see, like, how they're progressing and how much better they're getting because I do think that there's some improvement in that squad. But this is Atlanta we're talking about here. Even though they did just get upset by New York, but I just don't see it happening. I, I Actually, it's interesting to think, like, there could potentially be a couple losses here from Atlanta because they still have to play Chicago. They still have to play LA thieves. Like those squads could get them. So it'll be interesting to see how the group plays out. But I just think this is one where you have the first team in the squad in this group and the last team in this group. I just think it's going to be a three Oh, so three Oh Atlanta in this one. Woo. Poor Ravens. Uh, Dallas empire going up against the LAG. This is my favorite prediction because wow how do you predict what happened you have dallas you know they win their first uh match of the stage bench hook bring on fellow <laughs> get three owed and i mean we just said you know in the ultra prediction for gorillas like hey man like maybe if it gets a little dicey like gorillas is kind of a dicey squad right you get yep. get get assault flowing right you get silly running around like a psycho you got the good vibes with Cheen. like who knows what could happen but i will say i do think dallas and hopefully for them in their Twitter mentions that they will turn this this thing around. They did just get three out after making a change, but now they will have had, you know, so, some time here. They only play one match this week. It's on the Saturday, so they can just kind of come in. Hopefully they'll be a lot more prepared, and I think we'll see a much different Dallas versus LAG. So in typical Dallas Empire fashion, it's probably a pretty safe bet for me to predict 3-2 Dallas because they always go to map 5 it feels like I'm going to predict 3-2 Dallas Empire over LAG. What are you thinking? Would this be considered an upset pick? Is this upset potential? If LAG beats Empire I think that's an upset. Alright, I'm calling this my weekly upset then. I'm going to go LAG. Go. I think I, the hard part, I really do think LAG is going to win this. The hard part for me is will it get to a map five because i just i don't have a ton of faith in dallas they're just not playing well their smgs are not playing well they have a new player in the lineup so if you had any you know like search strats or control strats like you can try to get people caught up as quickly as you can but sometimes that stuff takes time and i know lag also made a roster move but it just has a different feel to it overall like you think about lag and you think like happy chino and good vibes and it's got like a positive feel you think of Dallas and you're like, you just got rid of Hook and, and what's going on? And it's got like a negative feel to it. Not that it has, not that it does. It's just like how it feels in my mind. So I'm going to, I'll say it goes to map five. And normally Dallas is really tough in map five. So 
maybe that's a little bit. Um, no, stick stick with your pick. I call that we'll a go great three, pick. We'll go three two. You know, I'm going. No, no, no. I, so I was taking LAG, but I was deciding: am I going to go three one or three two? Ah, I see. I, I'll, I'll go three two LAG here. We'll see what happens. Whew, can silly and crew do it? They, I mean, they be face like. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like FaZe may have taken their foot off the gas a little bit, but they also haven't really put their foot back on the gas as we know it uh, since then. So yeah, it's been really interesting to watch that unfold. I'm That's one of the matches I'm most excited for this weekend. That's not a rocker match. Coming up next, New York Subliners versus Seattle Surge. This one also, sheesh. This is, I mean, yeah, like in my heart, I'm like, maybe this could be my upset pick, <laughs> but... I've been caught the last couple weeks predicting <laughs> surge because I want them to win. I need to start thinking with my brain a little bit here. I do want surge to win. I think they're capable of winning. That's why I keep predicting them. And they come so close. They come so, so close. But I do think subliners, uh, they're looking on form. I haven't, I'm gonna go rewatch their match so I can see Hydra's debut and just see how it went. But it sounds like it went really well versus FaZe. They obviously beat them. They will have played on Thursday versus London, which we predicted that one's pretty uh pretty <laughs> shed in the chest. So no more Seattle upsets. Your points are begging you. Listen, listen. You gotta go for it sometimes. But I do on, on this one, I am gonna take New York subliners. 3-1, Surge will win the Surge, and then go bye-bye. Good luck, have fun. I'm excited. I'm excited for all these matches. These are actually banger matches. Uh, Ika, what are you thinking for Subliners and Surge? Yeah, I, I just on the surface here, I really like this matchup, and I'm intrigued by it, and I think, like, I want this matchup to be close, but I just, I look across New York's roster, and you just get so much consistency. Like, you never have a match where, like, a seam or Mac or somebody comes out and drops like a 0.68. Like it just doesn't happen. Even in a matchup against Atlanta, those guys were really close to being even for the series. And they just, they just have this way of just playing really well all the time and being super consistent. Whereas you just always feel like you're not getting the production from somebody for Seattle, right? It's just like, it's just not coming. So when I look at these two squads, I, I just feel like there's going to be too much firepower. Clayster's playing really well. In fact, I'm excited to see what happens in the flex matchup because Gunless has been playing out of his mind, and I think that can be a big thing. Like That can really help them in like a control where those players can have a lot of say around the map, similar to what you see with like accuracy and Priesta. But when I look at this overall, I I'm going to stick with 3-1. I think New York wins 3-1. I do think that it'll be close. I think that Seattle makes it interesting. We just need a little bit more production from those SMGs. And who knows? Maybe it comes. Maybe like maybe now we start to get it and, and they start to turn things around even more. But until I see it, I'm still going to have just a little bit of caution with picking them. 3-1 New York. Seattle only plays one time this week. Yep. You think they could make a roster change before then? Like, F it, right? They're, they're, all, <laughs> they're not to the F it point of the season. But, like, I mean, yeah, we, we talked about it earlier. Like, at a certain point, you, you, something, something's got to give here a little bit. because, And it's hard because they have been so close. But, yeah, I just I feel like they've hit their ceiling. Do I? Okay, I'm going to make up some rules. If Hook is starting for Seattle on Saturday, <laughs> I get... 50 extra points thank you i am the i am the commissioner of predictions just kidding I, but that would be crazy i don't know maybe seattle actually makes a change before this match 
in which I might change my prediction. Who knows? You never know. I, I just saw a tweet earlier today. I, f- I forget who it was by, but Pander, remember Pander from last year being on <laughs> yeah. Seattle? He dropped like 125 kills in like one of their one of their challengers matches. Like you don't even need like some 19-year-old cracks like SMG. Like just bring somebody that gives you like more production closer to 1.0. Like Pander's that's somebody that has relationships with Seattle. Bring him back in. Let him see what happens. Like, like you said, like just go for it. See what happens. I'm predicting who you're predicting, Pander. Let's freaking go. <laughs> that would be interesting. All right. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We got the Florida Mutineers versus Paris Legion. My goodness, Florida's looking a lot better. They did just take us out last weekend. Um, Paris will be coming off a hopefully a loss to Rocker. Um, Florida's tough, man. I mean, these two teams, they're they're fighting it out down in around the similar kind of standings uh, points-wise in the CDL right now. So this is a very, very important match for both of those teams. I think that Florida will take this 3-1. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, maybe Paris like figures it out, but it just seems like they're not trending in a good way right now. So I think Florida will take Paris 3-1. Yeah, I think this is an easy one. I think with the way that Skies and Awakening are playing right now, like Sheesh. you always think about like who's the player of the stage. I know it's super early, but like what we've seen out of Awakening over the last couple of weeks, like he's definitely top three, four, five in the league. I mean, that kid is just absolutely going off. So I don't think you quite have that level in the AR flex matchup here in this one. So I'm going to go Florida. I I'm not even sure if Paris wins a map. I'll, I'll, I'll say 3-0. I know Florida made the roster move, and they're probably still getting used to having Havoc around the map. But I just think that when Skies and Awakening are on, they, I mean, we saw last week in the matchup with Minnesota just how dominant they can be and how much they can open up the map. So 3-0 here for Florida. Good luck to Paris. Scary sea creature energy, man, for Paris. <laughs> That's scary going up against them. Wow, this is my match of the Sheesh. stage. Toronto Ultra versus Minnesota Rocker. Obviously, Ultra taking a chip in stage two, winning majors, beating FaZe in a best of nine. They come out, they blow the socks off Dallas, right? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I'm terrified. Honestly, this is going to be a scary matchup. But hey, you got Minnesota, right? It's almost like sometimes they'll they'll play they'll play to the match's importance and you you definitely don't want to be in that habit, but this is a big big match cuz if you're looking at who's in the group, you got Toronto, you got Dallas, it's going to get dicey and if you want to get in that top 3, and you're, you know, you've started off a one beating Toronto Ultra would be absolutely massive. So yeah, three thirty Sunday Toronto Ultra versus Rocker. I just hope it's a good match. Admittedly, I think it's very possible that Toronto could win this, but I'm a believer. You know, I think Rocker's going to turn it around. I'll never predict against the boys, <laughs> and I do think they could take them. I'm gonna go crazy. I was gonna say three two. Man, my pre- no wonder I'm fucking I'm losing in <laughs> predictions, bro. I think nah. I think that Rocker could beat Toronto three one. They will drop the search and win the respawns, and it'll be a great Sunday. I 
I'm just excited to see it. I because I feel like this is the first real test that Minnesota will have had, you know, since stage two playoffs. This is where you can really like, okay, where are we really at versus super super strong, um, you know, hot team right now in the ultra? Can we stack up or can we not? Where do we need work and where are we really good? This will be a really interesting match to to prove that. So, Icon, who you take it? Are you with me? You with Rocker? You you vote an ultra? What are you doing? This is. This is a tough one because the last time that we actually co-streamed this match, it was in that championship Sunday. And like yeah. we sat down, like I really thought Minnesota was winning this matchup. I thought they were going to be Dallas. Like I thought we were settling in for like a six hour co-stream. Same dude. I was and, ready. Yeah. And it just didn't end up going that way. And since then Toronto has been absolutely on fire. This is a matchup that's, that's, tough i i think both of these teams match up really well i think a lot of it depends like whenever toronto plays like a top tier squad i think it comes down to like what bants are you going to get because if you get stage two finals mvp bants then look out because everybody else on that squad is so good if he struggles a bit then i think that's where they can kind of get beat so this one is tough uh I don't know. I, I, I wish that Minnesota would have won that first matchup against Florida because now this would absolutely be like, okay, who's going to end up being like first in the group overall. I think Minnesota needs this because like we just mentioned with that loss to Florida, you have to make up for that somewhere, right? If you're just before this stage started, you're kind of looking at it as, okay, we can afford to drop matches against Toronto and Dallas as long as we beat, Paris and LAG and Florida. And now that didn't happen. So it's very similar to stage two. You have to make up that loss by beating one of the top two squads. So it's a big matchup. Uh, it could go a long way to making sure Minnesota gets into the winner's bracket. But I just, I think Toronto is like the hottest squad in the CDL right now. I think even if they were to play phase tomorrow, I think that they could probably beat them again. I just, I think that they're just on fire. I do think it'll be close. I think all of the maps will be close, very similar to how they were in the stage two major matchup. All of those maps were, it was like a six, four S and D the control went to round five. I mean, everything was super close. So I'm going to take Toronto, but I'm going to say in a map five, I'll say three, two Toronto. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I'm going to go with. Let's go. So when Rocker wins, I'll get more points than you and I'll be one step closer <laughs> to coming go. back coming back up the leaderboard. And now to cap off the weekend of stage three, week two, Chicago Optic. Optic Chicago. It feels like all the other teams, I'm like, yes, city, then team yeah. name. But with, with Optic, I'm like, nope, oh, that's Optic Chicago. It doesn't make any sense. But it hey. Is weird. The the Bears Chicago. The, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It's just it's optic, baby. We got yeah. optic taking on LA Thieves. Hector versus Nate Shot are gonna one v one in the gulag. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> Yo, imagine if that was a match. That'd be crazy. Uh, entertainment value for days. But hey, man, yeah, you got these two lineups going at it. It's the final match of the weekend. I do think you know LA Thieves. They've they've obviously looked better, improved. Um, I do think they have a tough weekend this weekend going up against FaZe and Optic. That's 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 the toughest weekend you'll tough. have until Sheesh. until the until the major. Do I think they could do it? I mean, anything's possible. There's always a there's always a rogue couple matches that happen. We look at our predictions and we're like, 
yeah, it's chalked. This crazy thing happened. So crazier things have happened. I think it's possible that LA Thieves could beat Optic, but I don't think that it's likely and I don't think that it will happen. I think Optic's going to take it. Whew. Yeah, I got to I got to go with like my gut feelings telling me a 3-1. I don't know which map they'll drop. Maybe it'll be the first one, but they'll bounce back. Formal's been playing absolutely insane the last... Uh, I mean, in the major, he played insane. In uh, in the first uh, week of the stage, he was playing really well. So, yeah, I mean, Optic's looking really scary, and I think Thieves are looking improved, but I don't think they're at that level. So I'm going to go 3-1 Optic. Uh, where are you at? Who are you picking? I I kind of feel the same way about Optic. I, I actually I feel the same way about Optic as I did against Florida. When you have you know like that AR flex matchup and you you take a peek at you know Formal and Dashy, they're just so good and their gun skills so good and they put up such insane numbers. I mean, this is tough because LA Thieves they're starting to gain momentum. They're they're, they're beating teams that you'd expect them to beat. Of course, they had a nice run, which we covered earlier in the stage two major. But I just I have a ton of faith in in Chicago here. I, actually, I'm excited to see what happens between Optic and Phase because I think they're a lot closer than a lot of people think that they are. So I think Optic could easily be the best team in this group in this group that features just a ton of really good squads. But I like I like the matchup here with Optic. I think that you know LA Thieves is still building chemistry and you know getting down their strats and stuff like that. Whereas Optic seems like a well-oiled machine, even though they haven't gotten the placings that they want. I still think that they're just nasty, and you're going to see them get better as the season goes on. So I'm going to go three-one Optic here. If it goes to map five, I think anything can happen when it goes to map five because LA yeah. Thieves have looked really good in Search and Destroy. TJ's been playing great the entire year in Search and Destroy. Of course, Kenny is just Kenny. unbelievable. Yeah, I mean... He, he, <laughs> Kylo Ken, man. Yeah, that dude can do it all. Put an SMG, whatever gun, it doesn't matter. That dude can do it all. He's nasty. But if it goes to map five, I think things might get a little squirrely, but I'll say 3-1 Chicago. Great pick. Great minds think alike. Wow, that <laughs> that does it for our predictions today. Man, we still had some... How about this? Listen, can we come at the, the first part of the next episode? Hopefully Kingdom will be back. We'll start with power rankings next week based off of this weekend's matches. Really, really happy to be playing twice. It feels weird when you only play once like we did last weekend. I'm ready for, you know, to feel the rocker just... The energy flowing through my veins. We ain't coming out flat this weekend, boys. We're coming out like mountains, just bumping up <laughs> out of the ground. Let's go. Let's do. Let's let's rearrange the terrain. I'm excited. Uh, but anyways, that's gonna do it. I think for the rotation this week, Kingdom, we missed you. We hope we're back yet next week. And uh, yeah, make sure to make sure to subscribe to the channel. Great content coming your way. Really cool announcement this week. Oh my God, what is it? You'll find out. I'm not going to tell you yet, but a uh, couple things to look forward to. Number one, tomorrow, Wednesday, we're coming out with a new episode of Saga. It's the docu-series that follows our, our team, so you'll get a lot of really cool insight from the players on how Stage 2 went. It includes Standy arriving in Dallas, his debut with the roster, the crazy moment versus Optic is all captured behind Can't the scenes footage. That. So definitely check that out tomorrow. That's premiering tomorrow. Really cool announcement coming soon. And then on Friday, 3.30 Central Time, Icon and I will be live on the Rocker YouTube for 
a co-stream so you can watch the match kick your feet back and chat with us here uh it's a, it's a little the the cdl chat's a little crazy you want more of a calm experience come on over here we'll be chatting in between the maps <laughs> as well uh shout out to the cdl stream of course but hey come join us and then on sunday rocker plays at 3 30 central time and we'll be co-streaming that as well versus toronto battle of the north I'm a little I'm I'm salty, bro. They have two chips and they won the last battle for the North in a major. Like we better go massive on Sunday, shred, man. I'm, no doubt. I'm hoping for it. Toronto's a scary team right now. It's gonna be a great weekend of matches. But anyway, thank you everyone so much for listening and watching the podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday at 7:30 Central. That's all I got. I gave you my spiel. Have a great night <laughs> and thanks for listening.